Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to people who will produce its fruit. This is episode 39, The Parable of the Two Sons. Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. So Jesus gathered some individuals around as he responded uh, to a question, and he tells this parable. Um, He says, say there's a man with two different sons. One of the sons, uh, he goes up to, he says, son, go out for the day and work in the vineyard. The son answered, well, I don't want to. And later on, he decided better, and he went out. Then the father went to the second son. He commanded him, hey, go do as your brother has done. And the guy and this son responded with, I'd be glad to. I would love to. And then never went. And Jesus' question was, which of these two sons did what the father asked? Andrew, how goes it, dude? Josh, man. I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. I, uh, I'm wearing a smartwatch these days. And uh, last night, my sleep score was an 80 out of 100, which is the highest it's been uh, since the birth of our uh, second daughter. So I'm doing great, man. I'm feeling good. How are you? That's pretty good. Yeah. Nice. I've always wanted my watch to track my sleep patterns. I'd be curious what they are. But that's when I yeah. charge my watch. And if I don't, then uh, when do I charge it if it's not when I'm sleeping? It just seems like, I don't know. I'd be curious to know what my sleep patterns are. I have this feeling that I wake up a lot. Right. I don't remember waking up, but I have this feeling that I am waking up. I'm not sure. My dog. Are you talking like like stepbrother style wake up where you, where you go in and like in your kitchen and just thrash it and uh, get, I think it's possible. I think it is possible. Uh, My dog always seems a little bit like hesitant. (laughs) to engage me in the morning. And I don't know if that's just because he's not a morning dog and he wants to keep sleeping or it's, I've abused him all night, hit him, thrown him around. And he's just like, I don't like you anymore. So it's, I probably should set a camera up in my room just to watch me sleep, just to see what's going on. There was this one time Man. that I found a chair in my, in my kitchen that for the life of no. me, I don't remember putting there. So I was convinced somebody was in my house. So I went to like, I have a camera that like, looks at the back door which is near the kitchen so like it's part of the kitchen uh and like that camera wasn't set up to record anything so yeah nothing so there could be someone entering my house i could be sleepwalking moving chairs around my house i could be beating up my dog while we sleep (laughs) i'm not really sure he seems to get over it pretty quickly at least when the food comes out in the morning and he's in so i'm not really sure Every night he's like, that's, he knows I'm talking about. He's like, right <laughs> somebody else at nighttime. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Be curious. Oh, yeah. No, I'm Who doing knows? pretty well, though, man. Um, no complaints. Well? No, no new Good. blizzards here. We've got more snow. We still have a ton on the ground, but no more blizzards. So uh, I'm hoping we're nearly done with that for the year. We'll see. We'll see. So, yeah, it's cold here. Uh, I think it's like in teens today. Um, so I'm not a fan of the cold. Um, I always right. remind myself living in Colorado when it gets cold, like, oh, yeah, I don't like this. Um, but thankfully in Colorado, we get sunshine like 360 days a year or some crazy thing like that. Yes. Uh, so it doesn't happen often where it's just miserable. So we'll take it. Right. We'll yeah. take it. And yeah, that sunshine's yeah. hard. So, to Andrew, be, we're, uh, be we're in the middle of parables, right? Uh, parables parable of the two sons man it's where we're at what is this our fourth is this our fourth is one this? i think i know i was just wondering that i think this mm-hmm. is our fourth one i yeah, think yeah. it's number four yeah i've been liking it so, so far if you're following along with us and you own a bible oh yeah doing well i, I like it um if, if you're following along and you have a bible uh we'll be in matthew chapter 21 today uh, if you don't have a bible um, you can just download the Bible app from any smart device, and you have all languages of the Bible right there in the palm. You of could your also hands. go to uh, a hotel room and uh, just take the Bible 
out of the uh, out of the shelf there. <laughs> you, you could steal a Western Bible Utah easily. <laughs> yeah. And then it's not that it's the Book of Mormon, so you'll have to take right. that instead of the Bible, right. uh, which is a fine read. It's pretty entertaining. <laughs> uh, you can definitely dig into a lot of the stories found in there. Uh, <laughs> I am taking shots, but I don't mean to be taking shots. I don't, I don't mean to piss off our Mormon friends. Um, <laughs> Sorry if you're. I don't know if any Mormons listen to Sorry. us. I'd be curious if they did. I guess. Um, but yeah, please let us know. Yeah. 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 A lot of ways to get a Bible these days. (laughs) Good reviews and angry letters. That's all we ask. Leave us a five-star review and a very angry angry letter. Yep. Yep. We should re-record our, or uh, what do you call it? The the audio that plays at the end of our episode (laughs) um, with that statement. (laughs) Like, hey, give us a great review. Give us angry letters. Do not do that in the reverse. <laughs> Angry printed letters, great digital reviews. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. Uh, and we'll give you Andrew's, and we'll post your address, Andrew, mm-hmm. so we can send them all there rather than my address. That's right. That would, yeah, nobody wants that. Would that would be good. Dude, parable of the two sons. What What do you make of this at, uh, at first glance? I got to be honest with you. I did not do the... Uh, historical kind of research around it just because life has been really nuts in the last week. Uh, so I didn't get that done. But what? Uh, how do you read this? How do you interpret this story, this parable? I read it in English, <laughs> um, usually. Um, and in terms of terp- interpreting the story, uh, I think Jesus is essentially... Uh, setting the stage that he's he's bringing in something new. Mm. Um, I don't know how applicable these parables are to us today um, as you know we're not we're not Jews <laughs> um, and essentially what he's what he's saying is he's responding to the Pharisees. Um, the Pharisees asked a question I'm going back uh, verse 23 um, the teachers in the temple demand. Uh, that Jesus show his credentials. Um, like, why are you authorized to teach here? And then Jesus uh, describes his authority and where it comes from in comparison to John, uh, John the Baptist, um, and kind of where his authority came from. And then he goes into the story. Uh, so I think what's happening here is there's a shift being happening. We've talked about this shift before from the old covenant to the new covenant, yeah. uh, the new covenant fulfilling the old covenant. That's why Jesus came. So there's elements of the old covenant that no longer apply to our lives. You know, there's global elements that do, but in general, a majority of it doesn't. Um, and essentially what Jesus is saying here is, you know, um, the kingdom of God was entrusted to you. You bared no fruit with that kingdom. Um, so now we're, we're ushering in something new, um, which will be both Gentiles and Jews coming together under what we call the church um, today. Yeah. And I think that's what Jesus is, is just describing. Even if you keep going, and we went into the parable of, of the tenants or uh, the farmhands, mm-hmm. and Jesus tells you know that story of you know um, a wealthy man had, had this farm. I'll just briefly give it to you. Um, sent um, some of his... Uh, helpers to, to that farm to collect pay or whatever it was. I don't remember. Uh, and they killed him. Yeah. Uh, they're we're like, yeah, we're just going to take kill this get guy. rid of these guys. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a second. So the 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 owner of the farm sent his son. So well, if it's my son, and then they killed him too. Uh, uh, and yeah. uh, eventually, the owner uh, kind of comes back and and takes not necessarily revenge, but takes authority and takes mm-hmm. his his kingdom back. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's the story that that's being described in in the first parable that he told before that. But that parable is the end of this chapter. If you wanted to read it, um, so yeah, that's kind of my hand. What what were your kind of takeaways? Well, that little like pre opener I read that truly I say to you that the tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you. Or maybe I read. I think I actually read a different one, but that's uh, that's one of the verses in here. Is that the tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you. And he's talking to the Pharisees. Yep. Jesus was in this. And um, I was just reminded last week, we kind of spent some time talking about kind of the social hierarchy of Jewish culture at the time where Pharisees mm-hmm. were really 
at the top, you know, teachers of the law, rabbis, they were right at the top. Um, and basically, um, basically they, sorry, I got distracted by text. Uh, I will, um, <laughs> cut this part. Basically the first thing that came to mind, Josh was about the kind of hierarchy that we talked about the hierarchy and Jewish, um, social culture, where last week we were talking a lot about how Pharisees are at the top and Gentiles are at the bottom. Uh, but, um, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are kind of right towards the bottom there. Um, lowest of the Jewish culture. Um, so when I look at that, I, I see Jesus kind of saying, um, you guys that think you're at the top, that think you're first in line to go into the kingdom of heaven, you should probably watch out. You should probably be aware because um, I'm telling you that you're actually kind of last in line. And to me, um, this also stirred up uh, a conversation you and I had around the book of James, where um, a couple weeks ago, or maybe a month ago even, we were talking about the book of James, and you uh, were saying that... Um, it wasn't. It was close to not being allowed into the Bible because some a lot of people read that book and say that James is like, um, or that it's written from a perspective of you got to go and do 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 like your works are more important than your faith almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though this parable was written uh, in the context of being to the Jews, I think about uh, I think about it like we. It could be written to anybody who's just like kind of paying lip service to God, but not changing anything in their life, not trying to follow God in any way. Um, it's like, Hey, like lip service probably doesn't cut it. You know, you and I aren't God, you and I aren't the creator or judge. Um, but, uh, probably watch out if you're just paying lip service and you think that's enough to kind of cut the mustard with, with the Lord. It's really not, (laughs) you know, it's about, about heart change. It's not about, um, outward looks or social status. It's, it's about, is your heart, uh, committed to the Lord or are you trying to take steps towards the Lord? So I don't know, that's a bit rambly, but that all kind of came to mind pretty quick to me. Yeah. Like you could, we could apply it in this perspective, kind of going along the thread that you're, you're talking about is, you know, those that, that make commitments to Christ when we recognize Christ's lordship, Christ's sacrifice for them, they recognize the need for that sacrifice. Um, and that's it. They kind of stay in what we would call an infant stage of Christianity. Um, and they never mature past that in, in relationship with Jesus. Um, so there's no fruit to their lives. Their life is still um, um, categorized by maybe um, self-centeredness, uh, er- arrogance or um, uh, what's the other word? Not arrogance, but um, not incompetent. But when they're not aware, hmm. what's that word? Uh, you're not aware of something. Isn't there a word know. like arrogance? But it's yeah, <laughs> that's going to bother me today. Not aware, arrogant. You, you that are listening, are probably like, oh, Josh, it's this. It's fine. <laughs> My vocabulary is not that big. I've accepted it. Um, <laughs> but it's so. And so that, I think that can apply here too is, you know, relationship with Jesus was never fostered. Um, so sanctification processes never really kickstarted because they haven't been in relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, they just kind of found salvation and then continued to live this life as, as they, they wanted to. Yeah. Um, and miss out on, you know, the obedient life and, you know, found a relationship and not obedience in terms of control. And I think that's, that's important to point out because I think a lot of people hear that word and, and start to freak out because they've been under, you know, crappy authority. Uh, and they're like, oh, I ain't going to obey if he's going to suck. Um, but we are talking about Jesus here. There's not a better leader uh, to follow. Um, this mm-hmm. is this is a, a great leader that's extremely compassionate and kind to those that follow him um, and are willing to um, and is willing to go way out of his way um, to help us understand truth, to apply truth to our lives more than you know any human would. So we thank God for that. But 
Um, so I think there's that piece too. And then the other side would be those that said, you know, I don't want any part of this life with Jesus. Like, screw that. Um, that's such a waste of my time. And then eventually come around to uh, following yeah. Christ and maturing in their faith and living out the great commission yeah. um, as Jesus commanded us to. Um, you know, I was recently asked, maybe we talked about it on this podcast. I don't remember. I don't know. Um, but I was at, maybe it was a conversation with somebody, man, I have too many conversations and I have a really bad memory on who I'm talking to. So many conversations I have with people start with, you know, I had a conversation with, and I can never remember who that <laughs> it's was. It's easy to do. That's funny. But I can picture where it was. That's the weird part. That's like, I don't know. Well, what's up? What's this conversation memory. about? What's the, what's the point of Christians? Like what's the primary goal of a Christian? Mm. And maybe we talked about this way back. Um, and I don't remember what my answer was then. Um, I would hope that it's the right answer and it's my answer today as well. Um, but I think oftentimes people believe that the point of, or the primary purpose of a Christian is to worship God. Mm-hmm. And we don't find that in scripture. Um, we don't find that in new covenant. That's like, Jesus didn't say that Jesus did say right. the greatest commandments is love God with all your heart, soul and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would continue that line of thinking with what we call the great commission, the last thing he told the disciples who were um, in charge and commissioned to start the church. Um, it wasn't, Hey, love me forever guys. Worship me as best as you can uh, pull out all the musical instruments and make me feel good. Um, it was, Hey, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the father, the son of the Holy spirit, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That was his final words to his disciples. Um, so I would argue that the point of Christianity, the primary purpose of Christianity is to live that out is to go make disciples uh, that are going to make other disciples. So teach them the Jesus ways, teach them how you live this Jesus life, how you persevere and continue to have faith in the midst of hardship um, how you have joy, um, no matter what life throws at you, that circumstances don't dictate uh, how you live this life or how you feel about this life because Jesus is still on his throne. He's still in control. Um, and, you know, apply that to other people's lives or help them apply that to their lives as well. And then teach them to do the same thing you've done. Make disciples, baptize disciples, teach them to um, obey, teach them the Jesus ways, and then teach them how to do it themselves. Um, so I would argue making disciples that make disciples is the primary purpose of all Christians everywhere. Uh, and I think it's also the place where we find hope um, because discipleship can't happen outside of relationship. That's the model that Jesus gave us throughout you know, his time on earth and his three years of ministry. He showed us life on life discipleship um, with the 12 disciples, eventually 11, um, and helping them become you know, uh, the, the, the ignition for this movement that we call the church. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the, the primary pur- purpose of, of Christians today. And I think oftentimes we miss that. That's a, that's a good point, man. And I wonder if that answer of like the primary goal is to just worship God. Um, if that comes from like thinking, you know, in heaven, we're going to worship, eternally basically yeah or that's going to be a normal part of everything that we do um is worship so i wonder if somebody kind of mixed well, that up. part of it is old covenant yeah. thinking hmm. what do you mean old covenant thinking in this like part of it is regard? old covenant like there's command like jews were commanded to worship god right um right. with their lives mm-hmm. and, and worship is still a, ma- a massive part of the christian faith but it's mm-hmm. not the most important part um and i think that's the, the thing that we miss um so Jewish faith, they weren't trying to convert people. <laughs> like that wasn't yeah. a part of, of, yeah. of the old covenant. They weren't going into other nations for the sake of them becoming Jews, though some did. Um, that wasn't their intent. Well, yeah. when Jesus came on the scene and, and restored his kingdom through his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection um, from the dead, conquering death, like he, he ushered into something new. Like we're now on this earth to, to help others experience what we've experienced. Yeah. Um, that's why you're still here. That's why you still have breath is there's people that you have in your sphere of influence that you have the opportunity to introduce to a life that is beyond their wildest dreams, a life that is uh, full of hope. Even when um, circumstances say you shouldn't have hope. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's the life that we want people to experience. Yeah. Um, you know what? We, we talked about this verse a few weeks ago, uh, you know, but the first Peter verse where, you know, 
be ready to give an account for the reason you have the hope that you have. Totally. So you've got to be, you know, you've got to be maturing in your relationship with Jesus, your trust in Jesus, your faith in Jesus. Um, so you can have that type of faith, even when everything kind of falls apart around you, or at least feels like it's falling apart around you. Mm-hmm. As you were talking, man, I was, and I'm sorry if I just keep jumping back and forth. Um, but as you were talking, I was thinking a little bit more about this parable. It's super short, the parable of two sons, just a few verses. But um, the son who said to the dad um, when asked to go into the vineyard, he first said, um, I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to go do that. But then he eventually went. Uh, the other son uh, basically said, yeah, I'll go work. No problem. But he never went. Um, he never did it. He just, you know paid lip service and did nothing. Um, I think it's cool that Jesus follows it up with kind of the driving at home that the tax collectors and prostitutes are going to get into heaven before the Pharisees, because, um, you know, if you think about Mm -hmm. it, like people like the tax collectors who were just notoriously known for saying, Oh, you owe this guy owes 10 pieces of silver. So I'm going to charge him 15 I'm going to pocket five and give 10 to Rome. Um, That's why the tax collectors were so hated. Um, They were dishonest. Prostitutes were just like, you don't do that with your body. That's not, that's not an honorable form of work in Jewish culture. So there are people who basically said like, I don't care what they think is moral. probably argue any culture. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, I don't care what you think is moral. I don't care what you say is right. I'm going to do what I want to do or got to do to get by. Um, And it's this. So there, there are people who, I guess, I think about it and it's like, those are the people who have said, or those are people that you could look at their life and, and be like, oh, they clearly made a choice to kind of reject God. They said, no, no, I'm not interested in that. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep. and then later they kind of regretted it for whatever reason. Um, they, in this context, heard the preaching of John and something stirred in them and they said, I'm going to turn my life around. That's the most true thing I've ever heard. When that guy's preaching, it's like it's like nothing I've ever heard. And I know it's right. I know it's true. So I'm going to change my life. I'm going to make it more about making disciples. I'm going to make it more about following God. And I'm going to, um, you could say, go work in the vineyard, you know, with parentheses around it or air quotes, go work in the vineyard. You know, um, I'm going to go live this Jesus life. Um, versus the people who were like, yeah, 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 I'm there. I'm totally there. <laughs> Maybe they're the ones that, uh, I don't know. I don't even know how you falsely profess faith, but they're the people who stood up in front of the crowd. So that the crowd saw them say, I'm going to follow Jesus with my life. And then they never thought about it after they did that. You know, they're the people who got the, the clap, the praise of men and, uh, and just never did anything about it after that, you know? Um, I don't know. Am I on to anything there? Like, is that, is that off base? Is that right? What do you think? No, I think, I think you're, you're on like our churches are full of people who show up Sunday, uh, who show up on Christmas and Easter, who even give to the church, um, and maybe even serve in children's ministry from time to time that aren't disciples of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere along the way, they made a confession. And I would argue because uh, of my theology and my background that, you know, that confession is enough for salvation. Um, but they never matured past an infant stage of, of Christianity. You know, when, when Paul tells, um, man, I can't remember which church off the top of my head, Corinthians, maybe, um, you know, you're, you're still on, on your mother's milk kind of thing. At some point you got to start eating solid food. Um, like this is kind of the, this, the position that the, all these individuals are and the reality of a, of an infant and you got one right now, right? Like they don't produce anything nope. of fruit. Nope. They produce a lot of poop, it's poop. They produce a lot of screams, screams and throw um, They are not a, other than it's an object to love. Yeah. Um, they really don't really provide anything else to the family. No, they're right? just straight up. Um, they're not providing anything to family values, yeah, yeah or purpose, or the family purpose. Like they're not pushing to anything, mm-hmm. and it's the same as is true of our churches today, is because 
these individuals that have given their life to Jesus have never really been discipled by Jesus because, you know, they just thought, well, if I go to church, you know, uh, most of the time, and if I give some money to the church, then, then we're all good. And this is essentially what the Pharisees were doing that he was, that he was fighting against was, yeah, on the outside, you're doing everything great. Um, like there's nothing that I can, they could say that here, here's the things you're doing wrong. Um, but on the inside, you're a dead man's bones. There's no life here. Uh, and that's essentially what's what's still happening today. Um, yeah. it, and the fruit of our lives come from living into the kingdom, living into the kingdom purposes. And the kingdom purposes is to make more disciples. I um, mean, not just converts, but disciples of Jesus. So helping them understand how to walk with Jesus and and practice, you know, what we call Jesus habits um, to help them, you know, foster a relationship with Jesus, not to do things that make good Christians look good. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that's really what we're trying to get at here is, or at least the apical piece that we can apply here um, is like, what is your relationship with Jesus look like? And is it producing fruit? Is he just some distant dude off in the stars that saved you uh, from your sin one time? Um, Or are you in deep relationship with him, constantly communicating with him uh, through reading of his word as he speaks, you know, this is his recorded words to you already. um, And spending time in Mm -hmm. prayer as uh, a form of communication and not a a task to be completed. um, So Jesus Mm -hmm. can speak into and shape who you're called to be, Um, you know, help you love people better, help you love him better to help you understand what this life of making disciples is all about and how to do it well. Um, and, and digging into all of those aspects. Like that's, that's what Jesus does in the sanctification, sanctification process. He's helping you become more like himself, uh, in that process. Um, and this going back to what you said earlier about, about James, like, it's not about your ability or your willpower, um, to do these things. Like that's what the Pharisees were doing and they missed it. It's about being in relationship yeah. with Jesus and let Jesus do the changing inside of your heart, right? Like a disciple is someone yeah. that knows mm-hmm. knows God, knows Jesus and follows Jesus, is changed by Jesus and is on mission with Jesus. And that mission is the Great Commission. Um, and, you know, that's that's really what, what we're trying to chase here. And, and I think it's easy to find yourself. So we're not like if you're someone that attends church, you read your Bible from time to time, um, but you wouldn't say your life's a John 10, 10 life. You wouldn't say it's life to the full, like it's life full of adventure, life full of investing in other people's lives on a daily basis, not just on a a yearly basis or however often it happens in your life. Yeah. Um, But you fully understand the mission of Jesus and you are 100% committed to it. Um, Like if that's where you are, I get it because in a lot of ways, that's where churches kind of uh, position themselves. Like if you give to the church, if you serve from time to time, if you're there every Sunday, then you're a good Christian. Um, And Unfortunately, we don't see those things in the Jesus life that he's described. Um, no, we're, we're spending time with Christ daily um, because he's our source of life. He's our source of hope. He's the place that we go with all um, the, the struggles and fears of life so we can you know, lay him at his feet and let him dig into it. And the crazy thing is, like, I'm not saying anything that all churches don't say, right? <laughs> like, yeah, you're supposed to go lay your burdens at Christ's feet. Um, but in all reality, we just don't do those things. And that's why we miss out on it. Um, you know, I, I've been, yeah. you know, I'm a part of a discipleship net, network that's um, teaching how to make disciples that make disciples and one to multi- re- reproduce that in a, in a movement. And, you know, we talk a lot about the characteristics of that process. And in all reality, from the outside looking in, um, most churches do that. Most per- mm-hmm. churches, encourage people to go into small groups into a relational environment. Uh, most churches want people to be discipled. Um, they just don't really have a definition of what a disciple is, um, or it's not the definition that Jesus gave it. And they don't have a methodology on making that happen, yeah. a process of making that happen. Yeah. Um, so they end up in that cycle. So they lower the bar, lower the bar, lower the bar. And it's, Hey, if you come to church, if you give, and if you serve from time to time, you're a good Christian. And you're like, yeah, but you're missing out on so much life. Yeah. Is your salvation secured? Sure, because it's not dependent on your your works. It's not dependent on what you do. Yeah. Uh, but are you are you being fruitful? Is is Jesus you know um, compared in, in in this parable? No, you're not. Like you're not producing any fruit um, because fruit would be disciples that you've made invested in, and now they're making disciples themselves. That's the fruit. Like that's what Jesus is talking about here. Um, and I think we miss that that so often um, because maybe we've settled. Maybe that's, we don't know any better. Like that's part of my thing is like, I grew up in a church. I didn't know any better. Like I didn't yeah. know there was another way to live this Jesus life and no shame to them. They didn't know better either. Yeah. 
Um, but you know, we go back to scripture and we start watching and reading Jesus, not just the things that he said, but how he did things and how he, you know, and how he inter engaged in relationship with people and things start to open up and you're like, Oh, and then you take that, that concept or that shift, um, in your reality or your view of reality. Then you start reading through Paul's letters and you're like, Holy crud. I never understood that verse. Like I understand that verse now. You're like, that's exactly what Paul was talking about. And I thought he was talking about this. It's like that next, I hate to call it this, but it's that like next level of enlightenment of you're like, yeah. Oh, this may like you've, you've reached the new pinnacle and now things make yeah. different. You have different understandings of things you've always known. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's kind of that idea or con idea, idea, or that idea. Well, and think about it. Like it just, to simplify that idea of like the next level of enlightenment, think about it the first time you lived outside your parents' house, your first apartment, your first house, whatever, where you suddenly realize, oh man, I have to think about all the food I'm going to eat. I have to think about cleaning up. I got to yeah. wash my own clothes. I got to, you know, whatever the things were that your parents yeah. did that you just thought was totally normal um, that you took for granted, you suddenly have to do, you know, and you're like, oh, Wow. There is yeah. a lot more responsibility in my life. Then think about the first time you go to college and you're like, Yeah, I want to go back to my parents' home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. First time you go to college, you're like, I can choose whether I go to class. Nobody's going to know until the end of the semester. Um, there's consequences. There's responsibility. Get married. It's like bring your spouse into this, this life that you're in and you're like, oh, crap, there's a lot of things in my life that I got to fix. That's another level of enlightenment. Have a kid. That's another level yeah. like. And there's all kinds, that's just the life track I've had. So there's all kinds of other things that bring these levels of responsibilities and level of awareness to us that are different. And I think there's, there's things that are mm. simultaneously happening, happening in our spiritual life, our, our walk with Jesus. Uh, that, yeah, like you said, he sheds light, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit sheds that's light on, on a verse you've heard or read or seen a hundred times and suddenly you understand it at a deep level in a real way, in a new way. Um, and that's, you know, that's why they say like, that's why the Bible says that uh, the word of the Lord is living and breathing sharper than any two edged sword, you know, uh, able to pour, pierce through bone and marrow, something like that. It's, it's sharp and it is, uh, it's yeah. always sharp. Um, and yeah, man, one thing I wanted to say is I don't, I wasn't trying to bag on or judge people who have, have just stood up in the moment to say, I want people to see me say I'm accepting Jesus, man. No, I don't think so. The last thing I want to be is the judge of who gets into uh, the kingdom of God and who doesn't, because uh, I'm very thoroughly aware yeah. of the areas of my life that are sinful, the areas of my life that uh, fall short of the, upward call of Christ. And I don't want to be in the position of, of having to look around and say, well, Stan can't make it in. Uh, <laughs> Jan can't make it in, but I'm definitely good. You know, that's like anytime you find yourself in yeah. that spot, Stan and Jan, it's Stan and Jan. They are struggling. Uh, <laughs> no, anytime you find yourself in that spot, anytime I find myself in that spot of wanting to be in the judgment seat, there's something going wrong in me uh, at that moment. Um, so that's a, that's a check, but yeah, man, I don't want to be the judge. And if Jesus wants to let in people who, um, wants to open arms, and embrace people who stand up, uh, in, in one moment and have a profession of faith, let him do it. So be it. That's great. You know, um, if not, that's on him to decide. It's not on me to decide, but I like your point of you just are missing out on so much if you're not trying to live this Jesus life more fully. Yep. And I know that, that I've talked about it. In, well, I would assume this life is still hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I would assume that there's yeah. times you're still feeling overwhelmed. Like you just don't have the relationship to rely on Jesus for those things. You're doing it on your own. Like that's a hard life. Yeah. yeah. I get it. I've been there. It's no joke. I mean, dude, I'm walking through a season right now that I'm sure I'll talk about more openly on the podcast at some point, all the details, but I'll just say like in this season of my life, I am at a spot where if I forget that God has spent over two years uh, teaching me that he's faithful, if I forget uh, the lesson mm -hmm. that he taught me that that this 
year and this season is my year, my time of focus. And he gave me my priorities of what I focus on. If I forget these things right now, then I'd be way stressed out. Like I'd be over my head um, and and just feeling like it was on me to to meet all the needs. And the reality is it's not on me. Um, I need to show up uh, ready yeah. to follow God's will. I need to try to follow him in my choices in my life. But man, God's going to provide for my family, not me. I might do the labor, but uh, but he lines mm-hmm. it up. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. So I guess if you just... If you just pay lip service to the Lord and you never spend time learning these lessons, I just feel like you're, yeah, it's going to be way more stressful. It's going to be a lot harder life um, to to go around just saying, well, that's yep. just in one little box in the corner of my closet, that relationship with Jesus thing. The rest is on me to figure out. It's like, man, don't do that. <laughs> life is too hard to do that. Life is way too hard to do that say, no, that little corner in the box is the stuff that Jesus is still working on in my life. The stuff I'm not ready to let go from my heart yet, but that I know I need to, you know, the rest of my life is the stuff that I've handed over to God already. Um, That's a lot easier way to live in my perspective. Yeah. And I think too, like, um, if you're sitting there listening and, and you're trying, you're trying to evaluate in your own mind where you're, where you're at with Jesus um, or where you're at with this, this Jesus life as you mature and become a disciple and make disciples yourself. Um, like the key to the whole process is you've got to spend time with Jesus. Um, and I know you hear us say that on this podcast on a regular basis, but it's the reality of everything. Like it's not, hey, can I get a list of all the, the things disciples do, and then I could just focus on all those things? You're like, no, that's not. You're skipping steps. That's not how this works. Um, you've got to spend time with Jesus. It's all in relationship, um, or you're going to end up exactly where the Pharisees are in this moment. You're doing all the right things on the exterior, but but inside you're just dying. Um, and there's not a more freeing feeling when you start to understand what the Jesus life is really like. The Jesus life is full of grace, meaning you have unlimited grace for the sins that you commit, um, that you can commit those sins over and over and over and over again. And if you ask Jesus forgiveness, he forgives over and over and over again. There's no limit to it. You know, we see this in how we're supposed to, you know, forgive one another. Jesus says, well, you forgive that person seven times, seven times, seven, right? Like, a lot. And it's the same is true with, with Jesus and us. But we often think to ourselves that, no, no, it's up to me to combat this sin. No, Jesus was clear. You're not able to combat sin in your life. You don't have the skill sets or the ability, but Jesus does. So we rely on our relationship with Jesus and we start to see sin showing up less and less and less in our life. Mm-hmm. Not that they're ever going to be perfect because you're not going to be perfect till you stand, you know, in, in the full new creation that you are, um, on the other side of, of, of eternity. Mm-hmm. But like in the midst of it, it's all about relationship. And, and I think oftentimes we get these lists of, okay, I got a picture of what a good Christian does. And these are all the things that he does. So I'm going to focus on all these things. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that's good. I, I guess to some extent, yeah. but you're skipping so many steps up, up along the way that when hardship shows up in your life, everything's going to fall apart. Yeah. Because your your facade has been built on your own willpower and your own ability, like that's a hard life. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when you lose your job unexpectedly, when you have a death of of a child, like these are devastating events in your life. And if you're not in relationship with Jesus, these are devastating events in your life that all of a sudden you feel like you've got to figure out on your own uh, because you you don't have that relationship or that support system. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a terrifying feeling. And oftentimes we find ourselves in that position. It's, well, this is God's fault. Where's God in all of this. Mm-hmm. And God's saying, I've been here the whole time. I need you to engage in relationship with me. When God says, you know, the greatest girl, when Jesus said the greatest commandment is love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, that's relationship. That's am I, am I engaging Jesus with the with my entire being? Am I engaging Jesus intellectually? Am I engaging Jesus from an emotional level, found in my heart? Am I engaging Jesus with my hands and feet by by working um, in, in the fields in, in the uh, uh, in the mission of of Christ? Like, am I chasing after these? Like, that's that's what he's looking for. He's looking for a relationship. So, if you're sitting there saying, 
I don't have this life where I feel like I, I feel like, um, you know, when Jesus says I'm, I'm like, um, a person being tossed back and forth by the waves, mm-hmm. um, that no circumstances in life just, just mess with me constantly. Um, if things are good, I'm great. I feel like my relationship with Jesus is great, but when circumstances go into the, the pooper, um, all of a sudden I feel like my relationship with Jesus is horrible. Um, well then you're living in, in, in the waves back and forth. You're living in circumstances. You're doing yeah. this on your own. And I'll be honest with you, doing it on your own is so flipping hard. Why would you want to? Um, like living life with Jesus, oh, there's so much freedom. Things still, can still be falling apart around us. And we've shared stories in this podcast of things not going the way that we expected them to. Uh, but man, when I get to talk to Jesus about those things, when I get to just lay bare of here, here, God, like this is what I'm thinking right now. Like, I don't know if it's good thinking or bad thingy, but like, this is the, all the thoughts that are running through my head and, and God, here's the emotions that I'm feeling. I, I'm, I'm terrified. I'm terrified of the unknown of what's going to happen next. I'm scared of what people are going to think about all this. I'm scared that I don't have the ability um, to, to tackle the hurdles in front of me. I'm um, uh, happy on one side because so-and-so is getting screwed too. And I don't like so-and-so like throw all those emotions out there. Let Jesus carry those things for you. That's communication. That's relationship. Like prayer should not be this, this, um, uh, what's the word? Um, checklist, um, sterile experience. Yeah. Right. Like checklist, sterile. Like it shouldn't be like, well, I got to pray for so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. Oh, I don't have to start this with, you know, Jesus. I got to end this with Jesus. Um, I, I got to ask him for forgiveness. Sure. Those are all elements that show up in our prayer life. Um, but it's, but that it's, if it's not built on relationship, it feels sterile. It feels like a checklist. But when it's built on relationship, it's like I'm calling Andrew up and I'm just like, hey, here's what's going on in my life. And, and you know, so and so is going to this job interview and they asked me to pray for him. So, yeah. so God, I just kind of give that situation to you. And do you want me to pray anything specific or ask you for anything specific for that person? I know that person doesn't know Jesus. So I know I'm his, I'm, I know I'm the connection because, you know, your scripture is clear that you can't hear his prayers in, in the midst of his iniquity. Mm-hmm. Um, Right. Like, how do I, how do I pray? Like, it's all conversation. And if we can focus in on those things, you'll be shocked at the things you'll start to understand. You'll be shocked by the ways that you love God and love people. You'll be shocked at how difficult situations come into your life. And yet you continue to persevere. You continue to have great faith and you continue to have a great hope um, because you know that your, your God is still in control. Um, even if life circumstances go to the pooper for you, you know, that God is still in control. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, as Andrew said, you know, it's not his job to take care of his family. I mean, it's, it's his job to be obedient to who Jesus called him to be in relationship with Jesus and let Jesus take care of his family. Um, and that's a terrifying moment because right. We all want to be in control. It's like, nice. That's to just be in reality. Or to feel like you're in control. Yeah, and that's nice. You, right? yeah. yeah. And that's where you, and that's where you end up back in these places where like, it's up to you to, to live the right life. It's up to you to, to make sure that you're not doing these things and you're doing these things, but we're in a relationship with Jesus. It's up to him to mold us into those people. Now, I'm not saying there's no responsibility in this. It's not like this easy wave of like, I don't got to do nothing. Jesus is going to do everything. And all I got to do is read my Bible. No, you got to dig in a relationship with him. And what you'll find really fast when you dig in a relationship with him is there's th- there are going to be things he's going to tell you to do. There's going to be things he's going to tell you not to do. And you're going to be like, okay, there's still stuff I have to do. And this was James's point, right? Like going back to the book of James, James starts yeah, out with, yeah. you know, show me a faith without works and all right. Like that's, that's the idea is no, when you're living in faith with Christ and you're living in a relationship with Jesus, there's going to be works. They're going to be fruit of your labor, but it's not the fruit of your labor. That's the point. The point is the relationship with Jesus. And if you start with the fruit of your labor, you miss the point, you know, the relationship with Jesus. And now you're stuck exactly where the Pharisees are stuck right now in this moment. And the other thing, sorry, there was my long rant. No, no, that was a great rant. That was a great rant. And the other thing is just that. Yeah. Like I, I, I love the book of James because it feels practical and it doesn't feel like a simple mm-hmm. do this, this, and this, and you're good. It feels like a natural understanding. The way I naturally understand is like, man, if you believe it with your head and you believe it with your heart, then the the work of your hands will flow out of that. It'll be one unified thing. You will try to be doing things to please the Lord. You will try to be doing things that you believe are in God's will course you're going to mess up of course it's not going to be perfect but your your actions are flowing out of your heart they're not flowing out of i'm doing this so that i look good i'm doing this so that 
Josh sees me write a big check. I'm doing this so that um, whoever sees me volunteer and thinks, wow, Andrew's a really good guy. You know, no, <laughs> like that's not the intent. It's Lord, what do you want me to do with the next hour of my life? What do you want me to do with the next uh, day of my life, the week, the year, like month, whatever. Like it's, if your actions flow out of your heart and yeah, James's big point is kind of back to the Pharisees uh, or could be kind of put back to the Pharisees of it, don't just make it all head knowledge and make it all uh, looks based. Don't stand high. Don't stand in a high place to pray loudly so that everybody hears you praying with eloquent words and sees you praying. It says, wow, that guy is so holy that um, he his prayers are better than mine. His prayers are are more honorable than mine. They're more in line with God's will than mine. Oh, like that's not at all what the Bible says. Um, the Bible's more like, no, it's go into go into a quiet room, close the door. And, and speak with the Lord, have real conversation with the Lord about what's going on. That's what real prayer is, not not standing in a high place on a chair to be seen praying in your flowing robes. You know, it's different. Um, so I don't know. All that to say, I think the parable of the two sons, the one thing that's a little tricky about it, or, or not tricky, just interesting, is that the son uh, in this little parable that's more righteous uh, is the one who initially said no, who who was honest at first, was honest and said, no, I don't want to go work in the vineyard. I don't want to do that, you know? And then it says later he regretted it and he went out and did the work. Um, the one who was dishonest was the one who was dishonorable and, uh, and, and not righteous. So I don't know. I guess that just maybe even goes to kind of exemplify God's grace in our life where we first start out and and often say, no, I'm not going to follow you. And then at some point, the Holy Spirit taps on us. It's like, oh, I'm going to follow you. <laughs> That's I regret the time I didn't follow you, but I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to trying to be more like you, Jesus, I'm to, to try to be more uh, God-honoring in my life, um, God-fearing in my life. Uh, but I don't know. It just it brings in grace in a couple sentences. It's like, no. The one who was more righteous was the one who first said no, they wouldn't go do the work and then did the work because they regretted saying no compared to the one who kind of lied up front and said, of course, I'll be there. I'm coming over. I'm going to do that. I'll work really hard and played video games all day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man. It's a good one. Yeah, I, I think. I think to sum it all up is like, where are you at in the whole situation? Yeah. Um, dig into spending time with in building relationship with Jesus, practice Jesus habits, not because that's what good Christians do because it fosters relationship with Jesus. Um, pull out your Bible and, and spend time reading God's word and relationship with Jesus, not for more information and knowledge. Um, so that mm -hmm. starts with a prayer of like, God, anything going on in my life right now, all the worries and everything, God, just push them out of my mind so I could just hear from you in these moments and then dig in his word and then spend time in prayer, just talking with God, talking with God about anything and everything about your life. I'm laying it all out bare, talking about your emotions, your fears, your insecurities that play into those situations, you know, that you're bringing up with God and then let God shape and mold you into who he's called you to be. You're going to find, you're going to end up being like, um, the prostitutes and the tax collectors that turns towards Jesus, you know, rather than the Pharisees that put on the facade of Jesus. But when you skip steps and you end up in this place where you're just trying to do all the good and the right things. Like you've missed so much relationship that all those things are useless. They're pointless. You know, Jesus said, without him, you can do nothing. And that's what he's re referencing. Doing all those things without him, they're pointless. They're a waste of time. They're nothing. Um, but doing those things in relationship with Jesus, when Jesus is the relationship with Jesus is the start, and that is the fruit, um, you're in a great place with Christ. And you're going to see great fruit in your life and a life full of abundance uh, and and uh a life that, that's just blowing you away in terms of experience. You're not going to be abundance in terms of God's and give you a lot of money. That'd be nice, but it usually isn't his MO. So yep. don't, don't be waiting for that one. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Andrew, before we close this one for the week? No, I just, uh, I echoing what you said, um, just, 
if you listened to this and felt like it was impossible to live more like God this week, uh, more like God wants you to this week than you have the last week, and I just would challenge you to take one honest step in the direction of God. If that for you looks like cracking your Bible for the first time in months or praying honestly for the first time in a long time or I don't know, whatever that looks like, spending real time with the Lord, um, then I just challenge you to do it. Nothing nothing bad is going to come from it. And and in my, in my limited experience, every time I'm honestly pursuing God in any way, he's right there ready to listen, right there ready to respond, um, right there ready to teach me something. So um, don't feel like you have to go from zero to 100 on day one. It's not your job to do that. I think it's just your job to take the next right small step and the Lord will be there to help carry you uh, three or four paces after that. So um, hope this has been helpful to you. Hope it's been entertaining and uh, we'd love to know uh, what you think on this parable. Please go and read Matthew 21. Um, You can read the whole thing or you could read the verses we were talking about, kind of 23 through 46 is what we were referencing. Go read that. Let us know. Let us know if God says anything to you about it. Um, You can reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram or hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can shoot us an email. And uh, thanks for taking the time to listen. Josh, good to talk to you, my friend. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.